After an accident, minutes matter. Your words and actions matter even more. You need help, and you need it now. This is David vs. Goliath, brought to you by Dolman Law Group Accident Injury Lawyers, a boutique firm with a reputation for going head-to-head -head with the insurance company giants and putting people over profits. Thanks for joining us. This is an episode from our back catalog, so the episode numbers and firm name may have changed. But this is quality information, so instead of scrapping them, we decided it was more important to make sure you still had access. Enjoy the episode, and listen to new episodes of David vs. Goliath at dolmanlaw.com. Welcome to our latest podcast from Dolman Law Group, and I'm kind of proud to introduce uh, a new member of the firm, and it's actually a new firm that we started in South Florida called Sibley Dolman. This is Brent Sibley. Brent, say hello. Hey, guys. Hey, everybody. So we have a new firm separate apart from Dolman Law Group and separate apart from Brent Sibley's law firm. It's called Sibley Dolman with offices in Aventura, North Miami Beach, Fort Lauderdale, Doral, and Boca Raton. Brent, tell me a little bit about your firm down in South Florida. Thanks, Matt. Um, so I've been practicing just going to be my 10th year now, and uh didn't really know what I was going to practice in the beginning, but started doing personal injury just randomly as my first job and uh, loved it. Loved that we uh, don't have to bill by the hour. Loved that we are kind of like partners with our clients and uh, just immediately fell in love with the way this practice works. Started doing it. I was down in Brickell. My wife now got me to move out. So I'm uh, up in the Aventura area and um, pretty tech savvy guy. So I built, uh, I converted us from a kind of traditional law firm about six years ago. Uh, into a completely paperless, uh, cloud-based firm. And now we have uh, staff working from various locations around Broward and Dade. Pretty and, cool. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, I think that was uh, one of the big reasons that me and you started working together back when we did, because uh, I'm able to be on the road a lot and uh, you know everything's in the cloud with us. And being over here in Tampa has uh, been, been nice, been you, fun. You mentioned from the beginning that you really enjoyed the personal attention and the relationships that you build with your clients. And to segue into today's topic, we're going to discuss personal injury advertising, you know, the mass advertising that we see through the various mediums, whether it be television or radio or billboards, and whether those firms are better than your, you know, regular uh, mom and pop personal injury firms, the smaller uh, boutique firms that we see throughout the areas. You know, let's discuss what compromises or what makes up, what are the uh, unique characteristics of a personal injury settlement mill? What do you see that's different between a personal injury settlement mill, and those big television firms, and I'm not trying to draw generalizations here. You know, some of those firms are quality, but the majority of them, what are you seeing and what's different about your firm and my firm as compared to those firms? Yeah, that's that's a great topic because uh, we see a lot of clients, and I don't want to say we take a lot of clients, but a lot of clients come to us from these kind of firms because of exactly what I think you're getting at, Matt, which is that at a, at, a, at a place that's called a settlement mill, and I've heard this term from people who aren't even in the business, even though it's definitely a business term in our industry, it's characterized by uh, a firm that has a few attorneys, I would say generally, again, these are all generalizations, of mm -hmm. course, a few attorneys, many, many, many staff, and a lot of advertising. So they're very, very, very busy people in the office. You, When you speak to them, you, first of all, you don't get a lot of their time. You don't get a lot of their attention. And then you don't always get the best information because you're, Who dealing, you're dealing with you're dealing with paralegals, you're dealing with receptionists. It's very hard to get an attorney on the phone. Uh, some of these places, uh, I've sent an, the attorney th a thousand emails uh, on one particular firm that I've worked with. Uh, no, no response ever. So 
they have so many inbound phone calls coming in from people off, you know, that are seeing these these sometimes ridiculous advertisements that they're just flooded with with screening cases and figuring out what's a case, what's not a case. That it's almost like a garbage in, garbage out mentality. Yeah, I mean that's definitely one way to look at it. And uh, if you if you're one of the people that has a real case, you've been actually hurt, somebody else's fault, and you need a good legal team. That's probably not the best place for you. And when I say probably not, I mean definitely not the best place for you and for your case because those are the kind of places that are more equipped to handle a thousand cases that are just whiplash for a $1,500 settlement, $2,000 settlement. If you have a serious claim, you need one attorney, even two or three attorneys on a big case to handle your case and get get you the right compensation. As opposed to case managers and paralegals making... As opposed, legal decisions. as opposed to, yeah, as opposed to non-attorney staff who is making decisions on your case. And if you go to a mill for a case and you don't have a huge case, you have a smaller case, there's a good chance that you might have a total of less than two hours, maybe even one hour of actual attorney being worked on. Yeah, your if case. I've spoken to clients who never talked to an attorney, you know, my definition of a settlement mill is a firm that tries to mass produce settlements via an aggressive advertising model. And, you know, the, the problem with that model is you have so many cases and you're inundated with so many files that you cannot actually garner any personal attention. You can't provide personal attention to the clients. The clients never get that one-on-one time, um, which facilitates, you know, every case has its own merits. So when you try to mass produce a settlement model and you try to just play plug and play with every case, you know, every neck injury case where you have X, Y, and Z, I'm going to ask for this amount of money. And if it has an additional factor to it, maybe an injection or surgery, I'm going to ask for this amount of money. You never really get to the merit of the case. And I've noticed that a number of files we've taken over from some of the bigger advertising firms, they missed issues. And a lot of times, you know, often enough, they never spoke to an attorney. And I don't want to make generalizations. There are some good firms that mass advertise. You know, Morgan & Morgan, for instance, is a very good firm. They have some great trial lawyers. But then you look at a number of others and it's just, <laughs> you've never seen these guys in court. Um, they don't really have any trial reputation. And it's just mass production of, of settlements. Yeah, I, I think you hit on a good thing there, which is, you know, as attorneys, we're civil attorneys, right? So what can we do? Our only thing we can do for our clients is, is a, try and obtain money for them. That's, I mean, it sounds a little bit- yeah, it's about know, obtaining compensation. Focused. Compensation. We're civil attorneys. We don't go to criminal courthouse. We don't, keep, we don't put people in jail. We don't get people out of going to jail. We go to the civil courthouse and we try and get a judgment for our clients, which is, is money. It's, it's simple. I mean, you know, I don't think I'm a money hungry guy, but when you put it simply, that's what our job is. So- how do we do that? The only way that we can force people and insurance companies to pay is by pounding on the courthouse steps, asking for a trial, taking cases to trial, and getting those verdicts. And at the mills, they have so many cases. And honestly, it's very difficult to go to trial. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of focused attention, obviously, from an attorney. And when you have a million cases, you really it's hard to justify um, and hard to even find the time to take cases to trial. And then it trickles back in and the insurance company knows who's a mill and who's not and who can go to trial and who can't go to trial. So, you know, if you have a good case, you have to be willing to go to trial. You have to have an attorney that's willing to go to trial. And if you don't have that, you're going to be severely taken advantage of. Yeah, most consumers are probably not aware that when an insurance carrier is evaluating a case, you know, an individual case, they're going to plug in your tax ID number for the law firm and determine what is their history you know, what did they resolve previous cases for? Do they have a history of trying cases in this jurisdiction and other jurisdictions throughout the state? In my opinion, the world's worst trial attorney, and we certainly aren't that, but the world's worst trial attorney is still better than the settlement mill because insurance companies inherently despise spending money. They loathe it. 
So when an insurance company has to spend money, um, it's the antithesis of their business model. And when they're forced to litigate cases, they're they're pouring out money. You know, even when they win the, the cases, half the time they can't collect on their verdict. They can't collect attorney fees. So they wind up spending a lot of money on a claim. And that's again, that's a, the it's a polar opposite of what their business model is. So even the world's worst trial attorneys, guys who are not very competent in court, are still going to generate much better settlements for their clients than a big settlement mill. You know, and the other problem with settlement mill is, again, it's the garbage in, garbage out mentality. So when you're drawing that many cases off of advertising, there's no need. There's no. It's almost like a mood point to make the client to keep the client satisfied. My clients come in based on word of mouth from you know current and former satisfied clients. At the personal injury settlement mills, some of those big television firms, they don't care if the client leaves unhappy. It doesn't make a difference to them. The next case is coming in based off their heavy advertising volume. Absolutely. And that's one thing that really hits home for me because all of my cases, and going on now, we're 10 years, we have a little more of a budget to get our name out there, some marketing. But up until now in my career, every single case that I've that I've ever gotten was from a satisfied client. And I really, and my staff really cares about keeping the clients happy, taking the time to explain things to them. And when you flip that all around, and when you have the attorneys and the staff at the law firm just not caring at all about client happiness, it just turns into a horrible, horrible result. And, um, you know, I'm sure, and and you referenced it already, I'm sure you've gotten a fair share of your clients over the years from, from, I don't know what the term might be, but it's from unhappy clients at other big law firms. And I've taken several cases that it either appeared the other law firm was either going to just turn the case down at some point, or they were going to probably try and jam down some kind of very petty, small amount as a settlement. And I've gone and taken that case. I just finished one where I settled it for 200000 on a case that I, I do believe that that case was going to just be turned down. I think they were going to just tell the guy you know, your case stinks, basically. We don't want to represent you. Good luck. And I took that case and I turned it into a $200,000 recovery. So, you know, that just shows you how important it is to find the right firm for your case because no if question. not, that's a $200,000 difference for a guy. It could be a million dollar difference on the next case. You know? Oh, they're leaving money on the table. Oh, it's horrible. I mean, another misnomer is that those big volume shots, because of the amount of employees they have, they can move a case quicker, which is it's actually the opposite. I mean, the lack of attention paid to the file, the fact that they have so many files, and the mere fact that these files are handled by a paralegal or law clerk you know, you don't have an attorney giving individual attention to the case, means the case will drag out for an infinite period of time. And I've seen cases in pre-suit where a lawsuit has not been filed for over a year and a half, two years. And when we take over the case, you know, at our firm, there's obviously, this is a generalization, there's going to be unique sets of circumstances, but most cases are resolved in four to five months where we file a lawsuit on the case. It becomes like a depreciating asset. You know, you're looking at, you're not going to increase the value of a case by keeping it in pre-suit. Yeah, and you're doing not only doing a depreciating asset for your for your firm for the business side, but it's a it's same thing for the client too. You know, it, you're doing them a disservice by keeping it sure. just just collecting dust on the shelf. And, mm-hmm. and the insurance companies use that metric, and they and they have all they have all the money, they have all the resources, and they have all the numbers, so they know the firms that will just let cases sit, and they're just not going to threaten them with with trial, which ultimately just leads to poor results. So. Um, you know, and you're absolutely right with um, with the it, most cases. Most cases, you don't need a ton of staff. You need a couple. You mm-hmm. need one attorney, maybe two attorneys, and three to four staff. That's that's the team. That's all you need 
to get a case to trial, but you do need a team. So you don't need a huge team. And then when you get these firms with 500 people, all these committees and all this stuff, and it's got to be approved by everybody. You know, I'm not saying that it's always bad. It's generalization, but those things can add to a lot of red tape that uh, that lead to slower results and and, le- and worse results. Yeah, I see the cases take longer in pre-suit with a settlement mill, but they move quicker in general because they won't litigate the case. Yeah, they're just willing to take whatever, whatever they, they get. can get. Yeah, and it fits within the business model of what they value a specific case as being worth rather than determining based on the individual merit of the case, including out-of-pocket expenses, out-of-pocket damages. Um, I mean, when you're only looking at compensatory damage, you're not building up the future damages or possible need of, you're limiting the value of the case. You're limiting the recovery for your client. You're doing your client, again, a disservice. Yeah, you... Some clients don't want to go to court and don't want to go to trial, and that's perfectly fine. But you have to explain to them, you have to have a a firm that can say, look, right now you're in the pre-suit department or division of the firm, but if you want to get compensation for your pain and suffering, real full value or any value for that matter, really, you're going to have to go into litigation because Mm -hmm. the insurance companies just don't pay for these kind of things. They don't pay for pain and suffering. Um, The only way to get that, those kind of types of compensation is from, is really from a jury. Uh, Very true. Absent extenuating circumstances, witnessing some gruesome event. But for the most part, there's certain types of compensation that the only way you get them is for a trial. Correct. I mean, again, what the consumer doesn't understand, and at least a lot of them do not realize, is the, the simple business model behind a settlement mill. When you're paying 90 cents to make a dollar, when you're advertising and running a huge budget, it, it only behooves you to move those cases without proper merit, proper attention paid to each case, but move them as quickly as possible through the chain of command. Perhaps it'll take longer in pre-suit, but you're certainly not going to drag the case out in litigation for two or three years. You have an advertising budget to pay, so you're, it's a churn and burn. It's that type of mentality. It's garbage in, garbage out. Yeah, the churn and burn is really, um, that's the that's the term that, that makes the most sense to me because they just got to get you in. They got to work your case very briefly and get you out and get their money and get you paid. And, and they need as many clients as possible to pay off the budget. Exactly. I mean, and the more cases you have, the less attention can be paid to any one individual case. It's true. It's absolutely true. So I think, so what's the best way of finding a good personal injury attorney? The best way to find a good personal injury attorney is, is it's a multi-step process, I would say. Um, you want to speak to the people in your circle that, uh, that, know about injury attorneys and that know attorneys in general, one of the most common ways is is a referral, to get a referral from somebody to another personal injury attorney. But if you don't have any of that, because a lot of people don't know lawyers or don't hang out with lawyers, the best way to do it is just like everything else in this day and age is go to Google. Go to Google, do your research, see who's around you, read the reviews, find out if this attorney calls people back, because if the attorneys who don't call people back, people will post about it. They will absolutely post about it. Um, and I've seen it before. So, you know, a, a good referral source is is great, but, uh, you know, the more realistic thing is to use Google to your advantage and check these people out. Do your due diligence. It only takes you, you could prevent yourself from hiring the wrong lawyer with three minutes, a three minute, maybe even less Google search. I mean, yeah, quick cursory search of Google will reveal. You know, which law firms have a decent reputation in your area. Absolutely. And in fact, um, you will, if by asking even the professionals in your area for referrals to the best lawyers or doing an internet search, you're doing yourself a, a real solid service. You know, to, to blindly trust an advertisement as, you know, this is the best flash in the pan lawyer when half the time it's just based on production value of the commercial, not based on the merit of the actual lawyer, you know, the merit of their skills. I mean, look, People everywhere are not, they're not stupid anymore. People know how to do their research. And 
let you know if you're going to be lazy and you're going to just call a lawyer because he has flashing lights on a TV commercial of seven million dollars, then you're lazy and you know you get what you deserve. You you if you don't do any research and you just call whatever number because they had big flashing lights, you're going to get you're going to go your case is going to be handled by a mill and you know what that's that's what you deserve. But if you care about your you may case, never speak to an attorney. You may never speak to an attorney. Or but you get what you most. deserve and you'll probably barely you you get what you deserve, which is probably going to be very little. Do you make yourself unavailable to clients? Oh, every single client in my firm has my cell phone number. Same. You know, my, yep. my cell phone number appears on my business card. I think it's a, just a better way to foster a one-on-one relationship, to foster, you know, the client having an inherent level of trust in you that they can reach you after hours, that you're not, you know, this, this almighty figure that no one can actually ever get a hold of where, you know, at these big advertising shops, no one can ever speak to the attorney. They're dealing with a clerk or a paralegal. My clients have my cell phone number. They have my email address. They can get a hold of me. Absolutely. And, and, and. Uh, there's a couple of clients that maybe I regret giving them my cell phone number because oh, they happens. don't respect it. But yeah, uh, for the most part, it's a huge tool. And, you know, I train some of the clients to say, look, bring important issues to me and bring the uh, other administrative issues to this team member or that team member. If you have an issue with medical records, talk to this person. But I guide them and I make sure that we're, you know, I say, I'm not the best person at the firm to handle this small issue because I don't have access to it right now in front of my, where I'm sitting or whatever. So, it's uh, a good a good client is a well trained client, so they know how to utilize the different members of our team that we have. I think we pretty much covered this area. Um, yeah, I do. I hope that clients, I hope that the consumers out there who listen to this understand that you need to do a, a pretty sound job of researching the different lawyers in your area, in your geographic region, before selecting a lawyer. Don't just pick an attorney off of a flashy billboard or you know a, a commercial that wows you based on production value or a radio spot. That lawyer who's on that radio spot, the lawyer's on that commercial, you may never actually meet them. You're going to probably deal with their staff. That's what you have to understand. That lawyer now has to cover that advertising budget. And advertising on television or radio is not cheap. So those, those are firms that are looking to acquire as many cases as possible rather than maximizing the value on less cases. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you get what you, what you put in. So if you don't put in any effort, then you're not going to get much out of it. If you do a little effort, and it's not even a huge investment, do yourself a favor, do a little research. And you'll get a great lawyer. And a lot of the people listening to this podcast, it won't be me or Matt. You'll you'll do your research. Maybe you're in another state. We're not even licensed there. We're not doing this selfishly. We're trying to educate people because yeah, there's we plenty want them of to know. attorneys in my area that have great reputations, and just the same, there's plenty that don't. Um, so you know, my firm is just one of the many, and I just hope that clients or potential consumers rather are best served understanding that you're not not to pick a lawyer or a law firm based on an advertisement. It's just that's it's it's silly. It's inane. And you're going to only wind up regretting that decision. Yeah, do your research. It's fine if you know somebody's name based on TV, but pull them up online, read about them a little bit, do yourself a favor. That's all I would say. I agree. Well, that concludes this podcast. Thanks again for listening. This is Brent Sibley At- and Matt Dolman. Matt that was Dolman. Brent just Thanks, going, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, Brent. I really appreciate you coming on my podcast. No problem. Pleasure. This episode of David versus Goliath is over, but your journey is just getting started. To share your story with us, visit dolmanlaw.com. That's D-O-L-M-A-N-Law.com. Or call 866-965-6242. The insights and views presented in David vs. Goliath are for general information purposes only and should not be taken as legal advice for any individual case or situation. The information presented is not a substitute for consulting with an attorney. 
nor does tuning into this podcast constitute an attorney-client relationship of any kind. Any case result information provided on any portion of this podcast should not be understood as a promise of any particular result in a future case. Dolman Law Group. Big firm results. Small firm personal attention.